mercy is this compassion that you have on someone that has wronged you, that has done something against you that you basically in your right and power could punish them for, uh, but you have shown mercy on them and not punish them, if you will. Uh, It also could be helping out someone who is in distress, who can't do something for themselves, uh, someone who is just in this very pitiful situation that is desperate for a way out, and you have the power to help and to bring that person out of that situation. So mercy is an amazing uh, act that we get to do, as Romans says right here, but it's also an amazing act of God, as we're going to see. Uh, that God's mercy on us brought us from the punishment and death that we deserved because of our sin. Uh, And God said, I have mercy on you. And we don't have to deal with our death and the punishment from our sin. And that's a glorious thing. And we're gonna take a look at how, not only as a believer receiving salvation from God uh, with his mercy, but there's also grace involved. Uh, And this, 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 togetherness of grace and mercy and how important it is to understand that this mercy, God didn't just stop at mercy and say, okay, I forgive you of the sin that you have committed, uh, that is wiped away. Then there's grace. God adds a lot more to this relationship. God adds a lot more to not only just our clean slate of a life, but now he comes and wants to abide in our life. He comes and lives with us comes and works through us through the power of the Holy Spirit, through Christ Jesus, uh, through God the Father, just this amazing relationship that we have with mercy and grace from God. And as we take a look at what God's mercy does for us, then we get this beautiful picture of taking that mercy and being able to give it to someone else. And that's where we are in Romans, that Paul says that those who do acts of mercy to do it in cheerfulness. And we'll take a look at this. And I'm gonna give you a statement right now that you could walk out of here and and it's all gonna be in this statement, this sermon. But I am taking a mental note of who's sitting where because if you leave, really, I mean, I'm giving you permission, but please stay. I mean, we've got some good stuff coming up. (laughs) But here it is. When we show mercy... We are bragging about God's mercy on us. Um, What a privilege that is. What a gift from God that not only do we receive mercy, but now we get to brag about what he did by living that out in our life. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, for this time that we get to sing your praises. We get to listen to your word. Father, we get to fellowship together. We get to be encouraged by each other's presence. Uh, the words spoken, that we can be renewed in your spirit walking out of this place, being reminded how amazing your love, your grace, your mercy is on us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So it was my junior year, end of the year, spring semester, it's been a long year, a pretty solid load of classes. It's finals week. Um, I have a big final on Thursday morning. It's Wednesday, I get home from church. And in this class, I have like a 90.6, okay, barely an A. And I've got to make sure that I ace this final. Um, But I'm stressed. So I get some friends together. We go to attempt an all-nighter, which I did a handful in college. 
uh, it was survivable as long as there was nothing after that early morning final. Uh, but 8 o'clock Thursday morning was this final. So got friends together. There's a restaurant that stayed open 24 hours. No, it wasn't Denny's or IHOP, but they had amazing onion rings. I do remember that. Uh, the good, like, thick ones, not the cheesy little middle ones. Little ones. Um, of course, we didn't make it until like 3 a.m. By 3 a.m., we were dead, but we studied. And this was a cumulative final. So the entire semester worth of information, we had to get down and multiple choice. Aren't those the worst? Like, at least let me do essays so I can make things up, you know? <laughs> every professor didn't read every word on these essays, but multiple choice. Like, all the guy has to do is scan down and, you know, right or wrong. So make it to 3 a.m., I get up, I was determined to get up another hour early so I could go through stuff. Of course I didn't, I barely made it to class. Show up to class, think I'm ready, but I know I'm not. You never know till you get the final grade. I walk into class, we're sitting down, ready to go. Everyone's scanning through your notes again. Professor comes in, he says, okay, if you have an A in the class, you can go home right now. You get whatever grade you have, Right now, if you have an A, you have an A in the class, you don't need to take the final. I'm like, yeah, 90.6, that's an A, I'm out of here. Man, talk about relief. Granted, there is all this work to build up to it, but that's one of the greatest feelings. Those of you in college, I remember those days when that semester's over, it is like, whew, all done. That was an amazing act of mercy. I've got other times that I've received a, a pretty good story of mercy, but as I'm preparing for this, that was one of my favorite, uh, to walk in. So any of my teachers that are in the room, I highly recommend this for your students, okay? Homeschool, college, high school, I don't care. Just try it once. It'll feel really good when you give mercy, I promise you. So you guys can pay me later, uh, all my students. But to, to show acts of mercy, to do acts of mercy, truly is bragging about the mercy of God um, and about his mercy. If you want to turn over to Matthew 18, verses about 21 to 35, I'm not going to go straight through, but here is a parable that Jesus told of the unforgiving servant. Here is a story of a king who has gotten his accountant together, because I know he wasn't worried about the books. He had people to do that. But he was ready to get some money back. So he's going through his books to say, okay, who owes me what money, what amount? Let me collect all this, uh, continue to attain my riches. And as he's going through the list, he comes across a servant who was next to come. And this servant owes this king a lot of money. Um, we can debate and we can do some research on what the um, true amount of a talent is, but my ESV has a little footnote that a talent is 20 years worth of salary for a laborer. Now, if you're making 50,000, that's about a million dollars. If you're making 100,000, that's like $2 million. That's one talent, okay? Scripture says this guy owed 10,000 talents. I'm not about to do the math. Uh, I'm glad Carol's not here, but... The point isn't to try to figure out the exact equation of, or the amount that the servant owed. Jesus is basically saying, this guy owes a bazillion dollars. 
there's no way this guy's going to pay the king back at all. Like, he's sunk. Um, he is stuck. There's nothing this guy can do. That's the point of the parable. Um, but here's a servant, impossible that impossible to pay this amount back. What is he going to do? And the king's a little ticked off. Like, you owe me this money. If you don't pay me this money, I'm not only going to get rid of all that you possess. I'm not only going to put you into slavery and sell you off. I'm going to sell off your family, uh, your wife and kids. Now, I would hate to be this guy going home trying to have that conversation with his wife about what is about to happen. But here is the servant begging now, pleading literally for his life, uh, that the king spare him. Uh, and if I'm this guy, look, sell me off whatever. I will try to pay back. Just leave my family alone. Whatever words the servant is begging the king, please. Well, all of a sudden the king said, okay, I'm going to forgive your debt. Not only your debt, nothing's going to happen to your family. You are free to go. Clean slate. Wow. Talk about, I mean, my comparison with the A in the class, nothing compared to this guy. Okay, life isn't back to just normal. Life is back debt-free. The, the threat against his family isn't there. This is life-changing, this life-giving event that happened for the servant from this king. And what an amazing testimony. And stories that this guy can tell for the rest of his life about what the king did. But what does this guy do? Okay, he leaves the place, says he goes out, and he comes across a friend of his. Okay, it doesn't say that it was a friend of the servant, but who else lends money to a stranger? All right. So I assume that this guy is this servant's friend. Does he go in and brag about the king and what happened to him? No. He says, hey, buddy, you owe me a couple thousand dollars. And is like, pay up. And not only pay up, chokes the guy. Okay, this guy's got anger issues anyway. But grabs the guy's neck like, you're going to pay me now. And the guy's like, I, I don't have the money. Can you give me a couple of days? Like, give me some time. I promise I'll pay you back. Guy's like, nope, off to jail you go. Um, like, why? What, I mean, what just happened in your life that you forgot within seconds? Um, it doesn't give an exact timeline, but it had to have been, I don't care if it was a month or a year later. Okay, you had this life-changing event, but now you're threatening this other guy. Talk about hypocrisy. Um, and the king finds out about what this original servant did and is furious. Calls him back in and reams him out and says, buddy, you had your chance. Like, and, and the king's got to be just flabbergasted that what this guy did. And he goes, all this debt is back on. Um, you're in prison until you pay this off. And by the way, the scripture says not only that he would have been, had all his stuff sold and his family into slavery. He still had to pay that amount of money. So it was all this happening, take everything away and you've got to pay this back. So the king is just blown away. And you ask yourself, why, why did this guy forget? Okay, why did he not take that experience with the king and brag about this experience? Brag about what happened with the amount of mercy that he felt from his master that he could turn around and this guy that owes him a few thousand dollars is like you know what 
go ahead. I, we don't understand that, but this, this man had an opportunity to brag about what the king did and didn't. And now he sat there and turned around and, and did something completely opposite. So, and look at the mercy of the master that this, the king could have said, your life is gone, basically. You're, you're going to live, but you're going to be enslaved by someone else because I'm done with you. And couldn't pay. It affected his family, his wife, and his kids. It was a life-changing, life-giving event that happened on, in the life of this servant from the king. How do you not brag about the mercy of his master? And this parable is obviously talking about our interaction with God. Uh, the first couple of verses before this parable talks about forgiveness. How many times should I give, forgive my brother? And what does Jesus say? 70 times 7. You know, how many of us did the math? 490. Okay, I'm going to keep track. When I get to 491, I'm not going to forgive you. Okay? It's the same principle. It wasn't this mathematical equation to figure out. It was, look, just forgive. Look what I've done for you. You need to forgive. And the king was furious. Um, and scripture says that why, why didn't you forgive this servant when I forgave you? And God is saying, why can't you forgive others when I have forgiven you? So here's God's mercy on us. Over in Ephesians chapter 2, 4 and 5, if you want to turn to that quickly, or I'll read it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Here is this picture of God's mercy on us and what we get. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Here is this picture of salvation. Um, our lives, our sin, our judgment is gone because of the mercy of God. And we get to live in this amazing grace that God has given us. The mercy of God is manifest by Jesus on the cross. His shed blood covered all of our sin. That this broken relationship between us and God is mended and back together. And that the power of sin and death is conquered. And so here's the mercy of God that this parable is talking about. That we have an opportunity for everlasting life and we don't deserve any of it. Okay? And knowing that by the mercies of God, we get to enter into a relationship with God as we ask for salvation in our life and believe on Jesus Christ as the Son of God. But God not only showed us mercy as these wretched sinners by forgiving us of our sin, here's the kicker. He knew that we were going to sin again, willingly. Okay, it's one thing to have our sins forgiven, and then we're off and, and not sinning again, but that's not, that's not our life as humans. Okay, we are, we are forgiven of our sins in salvation for all of the sins we commit, but then we're going to still commit after, after that time of, or that moment of salvation. Go back to the king and the servant. Let alone that the king obliterated all the debt. Could you, would you even be willing to do that if you had the power to do that? knowing that the servant's going to go back out and accumulate much more debts? Like, that's incredible. And that's the point of this parable, is that's incredible, this mercy of God, that when we show mercy to others, 
that we are bragging about this mercy of God on our life. And as we have this, this salvation, as we have our sins wiped free, or wiped clean, uh, the judgment gone, there is so much to brag about. And oh, to be on the receiving end of that mercy. Could you imagine being that servant? Well, guess what? We are that servant. When we come to Christ Jesus and say, I know that I have sinned, I need a savior. And you are who I want as savior because your sin has conquered or covered my sin. Your blood has covered my sin. You have conquered sin and death for me. I need mercy. And we call out for mercy. What an amazing moment of being on the receiving end of that. But here's what's cool. Looking in Romans, Paul says to do acts of mercy in cheerfulness. So not only do we get to experience the mercy of God, but we get to turn around and share that mercy with others in our life. And to be on the, the receiving end of that is amazing. And I want to take a moment to brag on the mercy of God. If you uh, haven't heard, my wife, Carrie, is going through, um, oops, did you hear that? It's coming, I have to warn you, okay? <laughs> But Carrie is dealing with a nervous system disease that causes pain consistently. She lives at like a seven or eight out of 10 uh, pain in her hands and the nerves in the back of her neck on top of a bunch of other stuff. But that's really the core of what's going on. I would be curled up like a baby, like put me in a hospital the rest of my life and just give me whatever because I don't want to deal with it. And she's my warrior through all of this. So when it first happened, I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, this is, this is not supposed to happen. You know, take this away from her. Take this away from us. It affects the family. And I kept praying, God, take this away. Take this away. Heal her, heal her, heal her. Nothing's happening. So now I'm getting frustrated, getting a little angry, getting, you know, a little ticked off. God, hello, do you not hear me? You know, where's your mercy? Crying out for mercy. And it has taken a long time. It's been five plus years, I think. But I've learned something. The mercy of God has been there the whole time. Okay? I haven't been looking for that. I wanted the big, quick answer. You know, wipe all this away, God. Make it go away. But here's the cool thing. The mercy of God is always there and was always there. Okay? I've slowly learned this. I'm a slow learner. I have failed epically, okay? I'm preaching about it today. It might be an hour when I get home before I gear back up on, oh, come on, God, okay? <laughs> but his mercies are new every morning. If you turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3, 22 and 23, because I have learned to look for God each and every day. I have learned to look for him even in the worst of days. And guess who shows up every single time? Now, you, sometimes you got to look a little harder, but he never fails. Let me read to you Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. 
I used to think about that before. Well, why does he keep renewing? Like, his mercies is mercy. No. It's, it's, it could be the weirdest smile from someone. It could be this hug I wasn't expecting. It could be this text I get. It could, it could be something on the TV, a commercial, that I'm like, okay, God's got this. You know, we can get through this. Um, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And how do we not sing, great is thy faithfulness? Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I mean, so rich is this mercy of God. So much there um, that we only not, we, we not only get the, the time at salvation, but God's part of this whole life that I have. He's a part of this whole life that you have. Any situation, good, bad, ugly, whatever, the mercies of God are new every morning. And what an amazing thing that God has gifted us with. And as we're going through Romans, we've gone through 1 through 11, we're in 12. Mercy is what kicks off all that we have been talking about so far in Romans 12. How does Romans 12 start off? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. It happens because of what God has given us. Uh, What we have, what we have been gifted by God as a free gift, by the way, of mercy for forgiveness of sins, wiped totally away. And here's God again, making things more amazing, is not only do we get that one big, huge gift of mercy, now we get to take that mercy and we get to use it with other people. Um, We get to brag on God about what he's done in my life so much and so overflowing that I have nothing but to give mercy to those around me. Nothing but to give forgiveness, to work through whatever situation is going on. And to see people do that is an awesome thing. To be able to do that yourself is an amazing thing. So let me brag about you. Um, (laughs) I almost made it again. Okay, I got to brag about God and his mercy on my life. Now I get to brag about the people of God who have showed his mercy through their life to us, to carry myself and the boys. Um, we couldn't have, do, couldn't have done this without all of you. I don't understand how people don't have a group of Christians, the church surrounding their life to help them through, again, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. But through these five plus years, the help with prayers, that I know there's an army praying for us every day, uh, through meals, through a lot of financial help that are so many stories and behind the scenes, so incredible. The support at home, encouragement. Do you know that I'm asked, not just on Sundays, probably every time I show up to church, someone asks about how Carrie's doing. That used to bug me a little bit, to be honest. I'm like, come on, there's like other stuff. Like, how am I doing? You know, selfishly, (laughs) okay? I'm being honest and selfish here. I'm being real. And then I realized, wait, like, that's awesome. Like, here's people that care about my wife, care about me. And, and it's, it's, it's for me as well, as you're asking about Carrie. Um, that's amazing. 
So to be able to participate in the mercy of God, to show that to others, and to be on the receiving end, of course, is amazing. But God blesses those who show mercy. Um, in fact, as you give mercy, you get mercy. Um, actually, that was one of my last points, but we'll get to that in a minute, okay? <laughs> but what an amazing thing that we get to be part of God's work. We get to be his hands and feet, as messed up as our life is, who am I to try to show mercy? You know, I'm not the greatest, friendliest person in the, in the room, but yet God has done some incredible things. So I'm going to turn around and try a little bit harder to forgive, to show mercy, to work through a situation and to help someone out. And we've talked about this Romans 12 of how it allows us to look more like Jesus. How much more can we look like Jesus than showing mercy to others in our life? That's incredible. And for God to, to allow us to be a part of that is amazing. So how do we show mercy? And that's to brag on what God's mercy means to us. And not be like this unforgiving servant who completely blew it. And of course, like I admitted, I blow it. I, there's times I could have been merciful and I wasn't. Okay, ask my sons. Um, but, but there's so many times that we, we mess up, maybe not to the extent of this guy. Well, I say that, who knows how I would have reacted. But we get to show and do acts of mercy with cheerfulness and cheerfulness, okay? I love again how God throw the, throws these cool different curveballs at us. Um, we shouldn't help others out. We shouldn't show mercy to someone begrudgingly and like, oh, okay, God did this. I guess I better do something nice for this person. No, it's out of cheerfulness, okay? The Greek word looks like the word hilarious. I'm not gonna try to pronounce it for you. I'll show you later, but it looks like the word hilarious. Like something might be funny. You could tell me a joke and that could be funny, but when something's hilarious, like it's in the gut hilarious. So showing mercy with cheerfulness, with hilarity is pretty amazing. And I sat there thinking, well, am I always happy and nice when I am doing something? But think about this, if you enjoy doing something really a lot, when you have an opportunity to do it, don't you do it with a big smile on your face, okay? What are some things that you love to do? I love to mountain bike. I love to go to the movies. If anyone asked me to do either one, I'm all in, absolutely. And I'm gonna have a blast doing it. Okay, these are things that I enjoy. Of course, the bonus would be to go to a movie about mountain biking, okay, <laughs> with my Diet Coke. Um, that's like, yeah, that makes me happy. <laughs> um, but here's an opportunity that we have if the, the mercy of God is so prevalent in our life that an opportunity comes up, it should be almost automatic. This automatic engaging of, okay, how can I show mercy to someone? Because we love to do it. Because we are so joyful about what God has done in our life, okay? We should walk around like a bunch of Chick-fil-A people and do something for someone and say, my pleasure, okay? My pleasure should be part of our life. It should be something that we are just overjoyed, blown away, overwhelmed by the love of God 
that when we have a chance to show that to someone else, it's like, yes, thank you, God. I get to be a part of this while I help this person out. They get to see Jesus in me. Like, it's win, 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 win situation every single time. How can we not be cheerful and joyful about that? And that's amazing that we can do and be a part of what God has done in our life. We get to, God has said, I need you to show mercy to others. In fact, if you finish the end of this parable, God basically requires it. Um, Basically saying, if you don't show mercy, I will not show mercy to you. Um, It's a pretty important thing. It's a pretty amazing thing, but God's like, like this is a real important aspect of who you are in me, that I have given you life. Um, I have taken away the sin and death. I have given you eternal life, this relationship with me. There should be nothing but an automatic reaction to, to forgive, to show mercy. And maybe as we've talked through this and thought of situations, there might be a situation in our life that we haven't shown mercy to someone in a relationship, in a situation, work, home, school, wherever, that God's tugging at our heart, like saying, you need to show mercy in this situation. They need to see me in this situation. And I need you to be obedient and merciful. Um, and it might be a, a situation like Carrie's dealing with of, a, of an illness that you're just gotten bitter with God about what's going on. And sometimes in the midst of that, God keeps adding more things. And you're like, wait a second, God, like this thing was enough. Why are you adding more? Um, If you ask my coworkers, there's times I'm like, come in to share something that happened. And I feel like saying, seriously, God, like more, what's going on? But to see his mercy new every day, So let's pursue that. Let's look at Jesus as our model throughout all of his ministry, the different people that he showed mercy to, the multitudes that were hungry, the Samaritan woman, the woman caught in adultery that he pardoned her sin. He demonstrated love to the unlovable. Those are the more difficult ones. It's easy to have mercy on our friends. It's those who annoy us and those who wrong us. God did that for us. How do we not do that for someone else? Here's the, here's the verse that I was searching for. Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So here's our assignment for this week. It's super easy, but a little difficult. It's easy to remember, a little harder to, 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 to pull off, and that is to brag on God. Brag on God this week. Brag on God because of his mercy for us. Brag on God because of his love for us. Whatever it looks like, have an opportunity to serve someone else in the name of Jesus Christ and brag on what God has done in your life, in our life. So that's our challenge for this week, that showing mercy and look for ways this week. Look for, look for God's mercy new every morning in our own life, look for ways that we can continue to share that love and mercy with others in our life. What an awesome reminder of what God has done, um, that we experience the mercy of God, that we get to turn around and share that mercy with a big old smile on our heart. Um, What an amazing, amazing picture. 
I'm gonna close us in prayer and then we're going to enter into a time of commitment and invitation. If you just need to simply stop and pray about a situation or thank God for a reminder of his love and mercy on us, uh, take that time now and as we leave this place, let's seek after him with all that we can and look for ways to be his hands and feet. Please pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, for your reminder of how much you adore us, that you love us, uh, that you want us to continue to, to, to see you, your new mercies every day, and to share that with others. I thank you, Lord, for this time together. May we be renewed in your spirit as we leave this place, and may we pursue you in all that we do the rest of our day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.